Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly. Good to be back, guys. Yet another week in Halo breakdown and news and just everything. We're going to try something a little bit different this week as well. Remember a couple weeks ago I said I wanted to add more of a comprehensive news segment to the show. And usually what I do is just kind of run through a couple stories on the internet and things like that. But I figured I would get more of an expert on the show this time. I'm pleased to bring on Maddie Run Maddie Rums, the founder of NoobCombo.com. How's it going, Maddie? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Good. So what we're planning on doing here, because I know you're the news expert, you're following everything competitive Halo, not even just, you know, what's happening in Halo 3, the, the big things, but the small events but that streamers are running individually. So what I want to do is kind of just highlight the news stories, the different events that are going on and how viewers can, you know, take action and, and start to get more involved in Halo, because that's what we want to know right now, especially with the Halo community being kind of smaller these days and so many other games being present in the market. So, like, how can we still be involved? How how can we still be competing and still leveling up our Halo gameplay? And that's where, you know, you come into the picture. So how's it going, man? Yeah, not too bad. I'm coming off of a little bit of a rage from playing Tetris 99, but uh, I'm coming <laughs> coming down. What's what's happening with Tetris? Not, not to just like like go off into a whole thing on that, but I, I heard that uh, there's like low key just a whole series of of like people who've been playing this for years and years and years, and they're all coming out of the wet work right now, beating like hardcore streamers, like people with like uh, like loves your mom set or love your love their kids seventy two or something like usernames <laughs> that are like clearly moms or yeah. like yeah. like somebody's grandma just like destroying like top tier streamers, yeah yeah it's pretty rage inducing, but uh, yeah it's fun so. I, I couldn't play Tetris myself. It's uh, it's not visually pleasing enough. I, I don't know about you, but I'm all about the graphics. Um, so uh, so what we're going to do is uh, we've got a Google draw, Google Doc here. We're going to run through a whole variety of things uh, that, that have been coming up just this week as far as Halo news goes. And the first thing is the UGC Winter Series Week 2 results. So let's uh, kick that off a bit. Tell me a bit about what's happened so far. Yeah, so in Week 1, the winner was Tox and... Week two, Tox was originally registered, but before the tournament started, they said they couldn't play and they dropped out. And what ended up happening was uh, Rain's team, or I don't know if it's Rain's or not, but Waste of a Seed, who've played in multiple tournaments, they ended up taking first place, which is uh, Omega is better, Wanward, Rain, and Six Story. Mm -hmm. And second place was the European team, Mazer Gaming, which who placed pretty well at St. Louis, if I remember correctly. And they're made up of Snaky Hollers, Flames, and Fluximus. Mm -hmm. Third place was Endless, which consisted of Apple Juice, Keyzug, Haynes, and Sullen. Yeah. And fourth was Next Up, which was Burton, Nebula, Piggy, and Skatey. Yeah, some of these team names. And Next Up, seriously? Yeah. Uh, Burton? Come on, man. Uh, fan of Burton, though. I know he's from Toronto as well. But it's uh, nice to see some of these teams coming up and, and taking these top spots here with talks, of course, kind of taking a step back this week. But some of these teams, uh, you know, really showcasing that they've got some great talent as well. And we'll be moving onwards into week three. So the, uh, the UGC Winter Series is going to continue. Of course, that's the one big thing that everybody's been following. Um, the next thing that we had that was pretty interesting was the Beyond Classic H3 4v4 results, which some things kind of ended up a little different than you'd expect, apparently. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I unfortunately had to work. But uh, I noticed with, you know, looking at the bracket that Waste of a Seed had taken out Tox, which I thought was pretty interesting. Right. And, uh, and Elevate placing second also, you know, I... Don't underestimate them, but it was just a big jump in uh in what I would have thought where they would have placed. But first yeah. place was GMS, which you know anyone could have predicted, I guess. But sure. uh, that was Goofy, Gabriel, Eco, and Tusk, I believe, was subbing mm. in for uh, Fantasy. Second, like I mentioned, was Elevate, which is Trippy, Penguin, Gun Type, and Zerka, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, and uh, finishing up third and fourth was waste of a seed and reciprocity, but this nice. time waste of a seed had filthy G and Ryan Noob, so I'm not sure. I don't think they have a set roster, but uh, Wenward and Omega is better the normal two on that team. Right, right, and starting to think what if they should have uh, sort of like a set roster in place. I'm wondering what happened with that matchup with talks and waste of a seed and uh, Maddie. I, I don't know if I want to ask you of this like right now or but uh, if you want to like maybe 
bring up the Twitch and check the uh, the comments and stuff that people are saying on Twitch, feel free. But I didn't actually see it myself. If you guys happen to know what happened with the series between Talks and Waste of a Seed, if that was just they played it out and Talks got beat, uh, in which case, awesome. I mean, I mean, Ryan Noob, uh, Filthy G Omega is better. Wanward, probably great players as well. Of course, we know Ryan Noob is a very great player. Uh, so that would have been interesting to see how that went down. And then GMS, of course, very talented squad recently adding Eco to the roster. And they had Tusk this time as a sub, but $1,500 grand prize. I remember the tweet that came up from Gabriel as well, who was very happy about the success there. And then one of the bigger things, like you said, is Elevate, right? So Elevate, Trippy, Penguin, Gun-Type, and Zerka, which is a very different Elevate squad than what we're used to, which kind of brings us forward to the next point here. Something's happened on the team change on Elevate, hasn't it? Um, and by the way, guys in the comments, if you do answer that question, hopefully we'll be on the lookout there in the chat. I don't have it open myself, but Maddie, if you're keeping Yeah, I pulled, I pulled it up. Cool. Um, so what's going on with Elevate as well? Yeah, so uh, earlier this month, I believe it was just the very beginning of the month, Neptune tweeted out that he was a free agent and it was confirmed that he was dropped from the team. And this was shortly after GMS made the swap with Eco and Zerka. Mm-hmm. And Zerka was scrimming with Elevate for a few games, but nothing was official or confirmed yet. Then come to find out during the Team Beyond tournament, in Trippy's uh, Twitch chat, I noticed that he had a command for Tommy, who's Saiyan, and it said that Saiyan is taking a step back from competing until Hail Infinite comes out. Mm. So the new roster going in, which are permanent, is Guntype, Zerka, Penguin, and Trippy. So no more Neptune, no more Saiyan. And I actually, I asked Saiyan while he was streaming, you know, I said, do you mind if I ask why? And he pretty much just said that he didn't think the money would be worth it and he wanted to he wanted to work on branding himself and try you know take his uh efforts to streaming understandable it is that that kind of time in halo and that downtime where yeah. i think a lot of players are thinking of how can they build up themselves the best they can so that when the next halo comes out or the next big initiative comes out they're as, as ready as they can be and i i've been i've seen Saiyan kind of bouncing around playing some smash bros as well yeah. which is kind yeah. of neat um, but a little unfortunate at the same time, very talented player. And I just interviewed him last week, so it would have been interesting. I think he hadn't fully finalized his like decision at the time, but it would have been right. cool to talk to him there and, and see what uh, what he said about that. Uh, as far as Neptune, do you know much about that? I, I actually heard that Neptune was a last-minute ad on the Elevate roster right before they went out to the championship. So I don't know if he was actually a, a planned addition to the team to begin with. I'm not sure where his focus is is like where it lies with uh with halo 3 i know that he's a very talented player he showcased that before but he's very young and that's the thing with the very mm-hmm. young players is do they want to jump back 10 years and and get really good at halo 3 or are they going to play apex legends are they going to you know try something something else while they're young and they can still pick things up quickly uh do you know anything about neptune situation no uh, like you mentioned i heard at uh the halo classic in st louis that or maybe it was on saying stream that uh stellar was actually the original four right right and they were playing with him but he backed out last minute and said he doesn't want to compete in uh i guess classic halo so they mm-hmm. grabbed neptune real quick and it, he did well they did finish top eight mm-hmm. so yeah but I don't, yeah. I don't i don't blame him for uh you know wanting to work on his own brand you see if he can get something else going yeah. I've seen I've seen Snipe down. He was doing PUBG mobile streams, you know. You got to do what's best for you. So for I don't sure. Branching out a little bit, but uh, but never, never truly forgetting. I'm sure we'll see him come back when Halo continues to hit its stride. Um, and now Guntype and Zerka joining the, the roster is going to make Elevate actually a very strong team going forward. And it's nice to see Zerka putting himself, you know, on to Elevate after being moved off of GMS, which is a little unfortunate. But I remember talking about this in like a previous interview saying the guy's clearly an amazing player. It's an unfortunate mm-hmm. situation, but he's just at the start of his career. Very likely he's going to go on to another awesome roster. So, I mean, there's your your example right there. Elevate, you know, with gun type, with with um, with Trippy and with uh, who am I forgetting now? Penguin. Uh, Penguin. There you go. So, I mean, that is uh, going to be a force to be reckoned reckon with uh, going forward. Uh, there was another thing that uh, that we brought up in our conversation, which was the uh, and this is not about. Uh, well, I guess we're kind of switching off of the we don't have a set order for this, guys. <laughs> we just have them listed down here on the Google uh, Google Doc. But Europa, Europa, Halo and Splinter merged to form Nightfall. So, you know, a lot about this. Tell me about this. 
Yeah, so Europa Halo and Splinter were both two separate, uh, I guess if you want to call them community tournament organizers. Mm-hmm. Both have hold, you know, Europa Halo's done draft cups, they've done free-for-alls, they've done just regular tournaments. Same thing with Splinter. So they both, I guess, came to the decision to just join forces, and they're forming a new tournament organization called Nightfall. So uh, they don't have that much released right now, but they are planning another Halo 3 draft cup, which mm-hmm. is obviously pool players go into a, a pool, and uh, they pick team captains, and they draft their teams. I think Wonder Boy's team was the winner of the first one. Nice. So it'd be interesting to see if you can have a comeback. I like this. It sounds like a really great initiative, especially for the European Halo scene to continue to have like a draft league to continue to keep the competition going. And that's not the only thing that they're doing as well. One recent initiative that I saw that I really appreciated is that they have a new podcast, guys. You better check this out. It's uh, at GG Nightfall, and that's where you can see the details in their new podcast. They released one episode just on Valentine's Day last week, and it was talking about the state of European Halo. I listened to most of it, actually, uh, talking mm-hmm. about the past, the present, the future. Very interesting discussion and actually something I'm going to call back to with my interview with Batchford just following this. So uh, so I think they're doing a really amazing thing. Great initiative here. And if you're a European Halo player, this is where you want to keep your focus, uh, especially if you want to have some good competition, you know, in between these bigger events. So uh, it's a great initiative there. Um, we also have a bit of a settings change that was tried just for, I think, two days. They tried it and then they, they kind of reverted back. King of the Hill and Oddball had a settings change. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so on over on Waypoint, the official HDS had posted that they were going to tweak the settings from being from 250 to win down to 200. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to hopefully avoid uh, blowouts to where there's one team can't come back and then everyone just stops playing and the match is pretty much over and everyone's just stuck watching people standing still or, you know, just jumping around. So they're going to try out for two days and I guess gather whatever feedback they could and then decide on what's going to happen. And that'll be whatever settings they decide on will be the ones they use at the Invitational and will be added to the uh, hardcore playlist. From what I've seen, what I've seen around, you know, the Internet was that uh, a lot of people liked the setting for Oddball, but they didn't like the change for King of the Hill. So we'll see what they end up doing. Definitely interested to see what you guys think in the comment section as well. I I don't like it didn't seem like it was very well received when they originally announced it on right. Twitter. Yeah, like some of the comments were, were a little unfortunate at, at first there. And I'm wondering, did they just kind of throw it out out of nowhere? Was there no kind of like message leading up to it? It's just we're testing this. The only thing is that it was very quick. It's just it's a two day test, guys. Don't worry. You know, we'll we'll switch it back. We're just trying to figure it out. I think they just kind of dropped the test. And then people's initial reaction was like, oh, my God, you're changing the settings to our beloved game. Yeah. that's had the same settings yeah. forever. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, um, I think everyone was like, you know, up in arms thinking that it might be permanent. But uh-huh. like you said, only two days, very temporary. And if you played it, let them know what you think, because that's the only way, you know, you'll be heard. Yeah. Yelling yeah. at them on Twitter it doesn't really help. Exactly. And I think there's good reason to. Now, the Construct uh, King of the Hill situation, I didn't really get that sense that it needed to be shortened for Construct King of the Hill. I felt like yeah. games ran their length pretty successfully. But for Oddball, I can understand Oddball Guardian. And they had kind of painted the picture of it. And it's something that we saw a lot at UGC St. Louis, where mm-hmm. the game would finish, essentially, it'd be mathematically impossible for the other team to win. And then the result was that players were just kind of half playing or not playing or, you know, just texting, like tweeting or whatever. Um, and it's just not really like a fun way to end a game when you know you could have a hype finish uh i did see one of the comments on the twitter though was uh just this this old gameplay of this insanely hype game where it went over to i don't know if you saw it in the in the comments there it went just over 205 no, or something he's like don't make these plays impossible 343 or something it, it was uh, a neighbor grabbed the ball last second you know what nick i should have asked you to get that instead uh but too late. I guess. I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll throw up one tweet. There was one thing that I saw from APG that was actually a pretty good idea. Uh, there you go. APG said, "I don't agree with this uh, at all. Maybe just maybe getting ball res- reduced, but change it potentially add heretic ball. I think that'd be kind of cool. What about a heretic ball? Just to try it out, just to see if it works. Uh, if it kind of alleviates some of that issue. I know removing guardian altogether is kind of unfortunate, but heretic ball could be pretty fun." 
Yeah, it's, it's never, you know, if they could change the settings for two days and that, you throw it in the playlist and, you know, see what people say. Yeah. I, I, didn't they do that with Halo 5 when they added in the new, the Forge made maps? Right. So you just do the same thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, how, how hard could it, I mean, I, I'm not a, a developer, so I, I don't know. But yeah, just, you know, maybe maybe try it out with a different map. Uh, nothing too drastic on the setting change. Uh, I know Callus, who was in the comments on the Twitter, was saying, uh, at least specifically for the competitive land events, is there some way we could organize a rule where you just end the game through the start menu? But I know they want to avoid any kind of is it, like issues associated with that. Like if they didn't they didn't calculate it correctly and they just ended yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, right? some human error and yeah, now, you know, now what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a tough situation for sure. Hopefully they get it perfect but um but the oddball one i understand i think keep the king of the hill the way it is that's fine um now the next thing going on as far as updates are concerned there was a big uh mcc february update uh what's the news here uh the biggest thing is the uh they added a ip masking so your ip address will no longer be discoverable uh and they're calling it relay so it's a it sends your voice communications through with their a relay server, so appropriately named, mm -hmm. and uh, this way your IP address for your home computer won't be discoverable by you know whichever people decide to go try and find them. Yeah. But uh, you can find it in the options menu. You go to options, then settings, and then network, and then there's relay. I don't know if it's turned on automatically. I don't believe so. So you might have to turn it on. You know, next time you load up. Mm -hmm. But it also only works in uh, matchmaking. It doesn't work in custom games. It doesn't work in co-op campaign or wow. any peer-to-peer -peer, uh, type of game because that's obviously not running through a server. Right, right. So that's yeah. important to know. Yeah, interesting for sure. And I, there was a lot, like a large issue associated with this. I think there was like a, was it like DDoSing or something? Yeah, a bunch of people. I mean, I don't think there was any actual proof, but I know like Nate right. was getting hit off constantly. I think I've there for a while, Roy was getting hit off. So, you know, it was pretty annoying for yeah. whoever decides to do that. But Sounds hopefully like it. now it'll be fixed. Yeah, so good that they were able to apply some sort of a, a fix to try to mitigate that issue, at least. It seems like it was really kind of ruining a lot of players' experience there. Uh, another brighter note for Valentine's Day, they had a nameplate, which is quite pretty. Uh, Nick, feel free to show that as well as your Valentine's Day nameplate that you can see on screen right there. Pretty nice. You get a, a nice, cute heart there for your Valentine's Day. Hopefully you spent it with a significant other guys. Other guys. I know um, I just missed you on the, the Valentine's last week. We had an episode on, on the 12th and not the 14th. So hope everybody had a good day there. Um, we also have a new initiative for the Microsoft Store 2v2, right? A playlist for the Microsoft Store 2v2. I like that, integrating it right into the game itself. What do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely makes for a good practice. I'm not sure how different the settings are from the, like, the official uh, MLG settings. I think it's just the time limit, which might affect the weapon spawns. I know the time limit's set to 12 minutes. Right. So I think the weapon spawns are a little bit affected by that, but everything else... I'm, from my knowledge, is the same as, you know, the official HCS settings you can download, which are the MLG settings. Right. Yeah, I think one of the bigger things, too, is just seeing a playlist that says, like, Microsoft Store 2v2 and trying to build that awareness of the fact that these events exist and yeah. getting that community out there to these local events and building those local communities. I think that's a really good way to, you know, continue to have, uh, like, to just dedicated support on your game is when you have that local community to play with, right? Why do we keep playing games? Because our buddies are playing them. So, yeah. Um, so 343, this is actually the coolest thing. And I didn't even realize this was a possibility, but working on a custom games browser, like the potential with that would be unreal, I think. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people have been asking for that for a while. You know, I guess a lot of people want to, you know, play their, I guess, mini games or even just, you know, uh, Forge made maps. So being able to just jump in and find a group of people that are, you know, just trying to have some fun or, Maybe get sweaty. Definitely yeah. be a big plus. But I know yeah. a lot of people have been asking for it, so it's nice to know that they're working on it. Honestly, the custom game browser is something that's like super slept on in Halo 5. Honestly, I think it's yeah. a great initiative. It's it's just one of those many unfortunate things in Halo 5 that it just came late 
to the game. So by the time it came out, there weren't, I guess it wasn't the same size population. It just appreciated at that point or people had already kind of formed their opinions about the game. So they couldn't truly appreciate it. But a custom browser for a console game is so advanced. Like if we could just, if we could have that on launch for infinite, we can make all our different like games. The cool thing about it is just being able to play Basically, I mean, I know it's Halo 5, so you're limited to its bullet magnetism and stuff, but you could limit it to, like, any Halo title that you want within that custom browser. You could have Halo 1-style games. You could have mm -hmm. Forge, Forge Mode maps on classic maps or, or any type of, you know, sport or minigame, like you said. So a lot of flexibility there to just kind of keep the gameplay going. So I really hope they have that as, like, an out-of-the-box release with the next title. Um, and then the next part here that we have is just all the different events that you can be a part of uh, coming up just in this week. So, guys, just so you know, this is something I want to make as a more like a dedicated offering as far as HCS Weekly goes is every week you can look forward to news like this and events so you can know where to go every single week, where to compete, where you can put your efforts. Um, Maddie, just run me through some of the events you can expect to see this week. So first up, we have the Wizard World in Portland, Oregon. There's going to be a Halo 3 4v4 that uh, a group called Midwest Esports is hosting. Uh, they put on multiple uh, tournaments at different events all across Midwest. But if you're from Portland, Oregon, it's from the February 22nd to the 24th at the Oregon Convention Center. So awesome. definitely something to look into. On the 23rd, for those who play uh, Halo Wars 2, there's a Halo Wars 2 anniversary tournament put on by Halo Wars Fight Club. So nice. for anyone that's straying away from the, you know, arena shooter and ventures out into the other lore of Halo. Yeah. <laughs> also on the 23rd, the Winter Series week number three continues, yep. Take place. So it'll be interesting to see who shows up for that. On the 24th is the second installment of the 2v2 Microsoft Store series. Right. And that's this date is actually the last date where you can qualify to be flown out to the Invitational. So, so if, you, sure. if you didn't make the first week, you know, make sure you attend this week. Yeah, I believe you just have to get past the first round of the tournament to be entered in. So, mm. yeah, not that difficult. Uh, SWAT Nation, which is a Halo 5 SWAT tournament group, they're holding a 2v2 in Halo 5 on the 24th as well. I think it's Nat Times who's running that. So shout out to yes. Nat Times if you guys don't already follow him on Twitch. Uh, you can also see, I think it's at Nat Times on Twitter as well. Um, I should just find that to make sure. Yeah, at Nap Times, uh, N A P T I M E Z on Twitter. You can follow him, and he's got a 2v2 SWAT tournament happening. Cool to see SWAT going on as well uh, in competitive. Yeah, and what's nice about that is he actually just tweeted out, I think maybe within the last week the prize pool got bumped up to $800. Nice, Tara. That's my doggy. <laughs> Just chiming in every week. <laughs> nice. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I cut you off there. What was that? Uh, the prize pool was originally $600, and uh, he tweeted that due to uh, donations from the community, it's now bumped up to 800 So. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that's been fun. consistently growing as well. So, I mean, these prize pools, like, the more sizable they, they get, some of the bigger players start to come in too, right? Uh, you had, I think we've had Boo Boo Doo Boo jump into a previous one as well and, and mm -hmm. Neptune and whatnot coming into these events and trying to take advantage of the prize pool and bringing in some pretty serious competition as well, which is nice to see. I don't see this here, but I think there was, a like, a BTB uh, event coming up as well. Yeah, I, I don't. That's not this week, to my knowledge. I believe that's okay. Beginning of March. Let me just double check. Yeah, March second. Okay. But yeah, that's a big team, big team battle tournament. But uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about it now or next week? Well, does it take place online? It's online. Yeah, it's online. Give me a couple of the details. We'll we'll throw it out there. All right, it's going to be March second. Uh, your team size has to be eight players. You can have a maximum of 10 if you want uh, for two substitutions. Mm -hmm. It's a double elimination, best of three, except the semis and grand finals will be best of five. And $400 goes to the first place. Nice. And who's that run by? That's run by BTBnet, which okay. you can go to uh, twitter.com slash official BTB. Awesome. So official BTB. Could be good fun for uh, some big team battle. And then the last thing is there's uh, the 25th. Right. 
Yes, 25th, which next Monday, which actually the first week just concluded, but uh, UGC's double down Halo 1 tournament. It's a 2v2. Right. And that's similar to the Winter Series where it's six weeks long. But uh, week one ended yesterday, and week two will be next Monday. Sounds good. So if you're a fan of Halo CE, that's also a great option for competition as well. So a lot of diversity here, a lot of different ways to compete, whether it's BTV or SWAT or Halo 1, Halo 5, Halo 3, a lot of different options. And all of this information, can we find it on NoobCombo.com? Uh, absolutely you can <laughs> there you go exactly and that's the beauty of having you on here is everything that we talk about here you guys can go check that out on noobcombo.com uh feel free to uh to drop that link in the chat um or wherever is convenient but that's the best way to go check out all, all of this out so following hcs weekly episodes always make sure to check out noobcombo.com to see all of the news in more detail or get connected with any specific thing that we talked about that you guys would like to be a part of so thank you so much maddie for joining me on today's episode absolutely uh, thanks for having me this is fun yeah no problem and hopefully we can continue to do this more next week and, and bring out even bigger and more exciting news following uh, i'll be there does that give me a holler sounds good and so next up on stream we will be having batchford coming on to join us i got a quick pre-roll video of batchford some hype gameplay back in 2016 when this guy just first started to make a name for himself and we're back once again with HCS Weekly. And after a display of just five minutes of nonstop onslaught from Batchford, I figured I had to bring him onto the show now. Welcome, Batchford. What's up, man? How's Happy it going? Here. Here? I'm doing yeah, great, yeah. I just woke up two hours ago, so <laughs> my sleep schedule wasn't too great, but I'm feeling all right. That's like literally what I was going to ask you. Isn't it like a five-hour difference over there? Yeah. What, what time is it where you are? Uh, it's half 11 at night. Yeah, man. So what last time and this the whole idea to even have you on the show just came from when I was live streaming back on Valentine's Day and we decided to play together. But we, yeah. when we decided to play together, it was like almost 1 a.m. where I was. So you were up like, it was like 6 a.m. Yeah, it was <laughs> what are you up. doing? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's uh, going on with your sleep schedule? You're, you're all over the place. Is there yeah, any particular yeah. reason? I must be in the Salminak. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just lose track of time, like where I'd be on the Internet or like just like relaxing like sometimes i can't sleep so like, i don't know maybe i should just go to the doctors but I, I don't know but i just end up like staying up to like 4 a.m so like, oh great i mean it yeah. means you're good at being laser focused though you just lose track of time you're so zoned <laughs> in and i mean yeah. it helps for halo of course uh even in those clips back there like that was way back in like 2016 i guess right how yeah. what was that like what was that experience like for you because that's like when you kind of broke into halo right it was exciting but horrifying at the same time like imagine like pins and needles but constant pins and needles for like three or four hours that's what i felt in my hands during like playing on main stage like i'm surprised i could even like five someone never mind hold a controller it was uh it was an experience for sure yeah that's yeah that's the intense thing too is like a lot of people don't fully realize like you grind and grind and grind online and maybe even in certain lands and whatnot but when you get on the main stage it's like a whole different story for some people yeah. like i know other players are like they don't even notice it they're just so zoned into the game and i mean you have like headsets on that kind of block out the audio but i can only imagine it for some people it's so nerve-wracking it's like it's intense <clears throat> yeah like the anxiety is always there like when i play now like i still have like the feeling of i need to like play well like this is it matters like now to do well but like right. I don't really have like any like effect like any effects on my gameplay. Like, I play like normal. I just know that I have to play well. Like I don't have any pins and needles or like any like sudden movements or anything. Like I'm pretty calm when I play. I just yeah. I know I have to do what I have to do to win yeah. or we lose. So definitely. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's definitely that that extra pressure of the fact that it's not just failing yourself, but your teammates, dude, right? Dude, that that event was so weird, man. Because my teammate Warlord, he goosed on main stage, and like, <laughs> oh my, god. oh my god, like, I just didn't know how to react. I just like turned to look to him, like, "Are you okay?" And he just was like staring blankly at the uh, like at his screen, like he was dead. And I was like, "Oh, well, oh my god." I didn't really know what to do, but it was like one of the most awkward situations of my life because I knew if I like said anything, like obviously in the back of my mind, I'm just like, "What? Well, how did that just happen?" So like, I just didn't really say a whole lot to him. I just let him ride the wave of, you know, goosing yeah. on main stage. So yeah, 
<laughs> ride, ride the wave of goosing on main stage. <laughs> Hopefully that actually, I don't even know if it's better to goose in the first match or the last match. Cause in the first match, it's like, okay, maybe you can make up for the fact that you goosed, but the fact that you goosed has now screwed you over mentally for like the rest of that series. Yeah, that or if it's the last match, you end on a goose. So you can't make yeah. up for it. <laughs> it was in the first match. So yeah, like, we talked to him afterwards and he played okay after it, but like, yeah, I think the mental damage was done. <laughs> I'm afraid. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, everybody has one, right. And I, if you have one, you can kind of come back from it hopefully. And then, uh, and, and be stronger and better than ever, but let's, let's focus on all the way back at the beginning with you and, uh, find out how did you first get into halo to begin with? Uh, I played halo at a young age. This was like when I was like eight or nine, like back in 2005, 2006. And like, mm -hmm. Over in the UK, you guys have GameStop, but we have Game, which is pretty much our GameStop. And uh, in the corner it's of just Game, there's a. Uh, it was game. just called Game, just Game, like okay. Game is in like. Straightforward, I like it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in the corner of the store, I don't know, you guys probably had it in America as well. Like they had a, an Xbox all set up with like a monitor all ready to go. And okay. on the monitor, it was Halo 2. And like I was just immediately attracted to it because like I thought the guns looked cool. And like, dude, I saw an elite and I was like, dude, this is like a dinosaur and it's shooting guns at me. It reminded me of Two Rock, and I was like a big fan of Two Rock, so I was like, "All right, sick. this game is pretty sick." So I played a little bit of it, played like ten minutes, but I was like, "Yeah, I need to get this." So I got Halo Two, Halo One, and I just played through the campaigns endlessly, and that's what got me addicted. And then I started playing online in Halo Three in two thousand eight, but I was like twelve, thirteen, so I was like a squeaker, sadly. And I was so bad, like, oh my god, <laughs> I was so bad. I did get a fifty. I got a fifty in like twenty thirteen in Team Slayer, but then I lost it, and I never played the game again. I was too pissed off, so. Yeah, that's how yeah. I started playing. That's fair. You're actually the first person who's told me that their first discovery of Halo was in a store, like yeah. playing it in a store, which is pretty interesting. I, I mean, if you think about it, Halo 2 is that that one Halo title that like was on newspapers where, it, where it's like we've sold six million copies, like breaking insane yeah. records. And it was just everywhere. So, yeah, like that makes perfect sense. Like every single game store would have it as like their spotlight on yeah. like the, the play area basically like this is the game you got to try so that's so cool that you were just invited just walking by and seeing it and being like oh my god this looks awesome so yeah so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you're invited into halo and and later on back in you know 2016 here that's when you broke into competitive so you're looking to qualify for the emea regional finals with lethal perplex vex zeus and then falling short just behind excel esports but this is when you kind of got your name out there and then things started to kind of snowball forward from there but when did you actually start competing or when did that switch kind of go off in your brain where you're like i want to take competitive seriously so uh back in like before 2016 during mcc i was a member on team beyond who was really active like i accumulated at least 3,000 posts like within a year wow like okay. i post a lot um and i met sims through there and I, I owe richard a lot man because he's like one of the main reasons why how i got my name out there because he went to like several like i wouldn't say like top top players but like you know top ams and like people who actually have a name in european halo at the time to like yo this guy he's been grinding a lot he's been putting in time you should like try out with him and yeah. no one got back to him apart from one person who was lethal and i played a few games with him he really liked how i played and he liked my personality and stuff and then i was like cool but we need like one or two players obviously and we got really lucky with the timing we got uh perplex like he'd just been playing uh matchmaking a lot and yeah. then uh i'm pretty sure who was the fourth was it vex uh vex Zeus. Yeah, yeah, we got Vex probably last minute. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember who the fourth was that we had lined up, but he dropped out. So mm -hmm. it was pretty last minute with Vex, but I knew he was good as well for the time. So, yeah, it was, like, really last minute, but, yeah, we just pretty much threw things together and see what happened. Yeah, so it was just kind of your – all the time that you'd spend on the Beyond forums, you were used to so – Kind of, you already loved it. You were already playing and grinding, and then so yeah. you said Sims. That's actually interesting that you said that Sims kind of like brought you into the Halo scene, and it makes me wonder who were like really the big European kind of titans that that were responsible for kind of like like you know building this community in, in European Halo, right? And Sims, I'm sure, is one of those people that that really kind of uh, you know initiated a lot of that. Uh, any others that come to mind? Like uh, you specifically, I guess. <clears throat> I would say Lethal as well, just because of like Lethal's sister in European Halo. Like he's yeah. a several Halo One, Halo Two champion in the European scene. So like he's been around the block for a while, like over a decade, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm pretty sure Gaska and Wonderboy were also big figures at the time as well. Like they've always been prophetic in the scene. Like they 
always cast Insomnia, which is like one of the UK's biggest LAN events for Halo at the time. So, yeah, I'd say like just majority of the figures that are around now have like a legacy in the scene. Yeah, this is actually making me think of like kind of a really random like question but as somebody who's canadian who's completely disconnected from the european halo scene it seems kind of interesting right like it's it's very close-knit you guys seem to all like know and respect each other very well there's yeah. there's i'm sure this intense competitive vibe like what's it like being uh you know like a prominent member of the european halo scene what's what's that been like a, a kind of you know becoming more involved and and competing and and uh, yeah I, it seems like a really long question but give me a, i guess just a, a couple of things that come to mind um it's been a roller coaster to say the least like there's been uh, a lot of really big highs like for example qualifying for pro league i sadly don't have the rebroadcast anymore but dude i like got up and shouted let's fucking go and i literally pranced <laughs> around my room like behind me nice. i was so hyped and then like i said there's like really low lows like um we we're talking in the pre-show but um like there's been a lot of roster changes in europe like historically and i've been a part of that like and each season, I was considered to be dropped from Infused, and I got pulled back, like, maybe a couple of days after that decision. So, mm -hmm. like, there's been a few times been like, well, shit, I've just, like, grinded this entire time for nothing. Like, I've just wasted my time. And I was really, like, heartbroken about it because this was my dream of, like, achieving, like, pro status, I guess, or competing at a high level. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was interesting. The, the roster mania thing, and it, so let me just like I'll, I'll read my long question that I had here was that things seemed to really pick up for you when you were signed by Team Infuse, like you said with Doodle, uh, Warlord, Flux, and you earned a spot in the EU Pro League. Yeah. But then, then, then things would like switch and change like constantly midway through. Like uh, you said, Warlord was replaced by Havoc, and then Doodle replaced by Kimbo, and then later yeah. Doodle came back, and a lot more switching happened later on. Maybe we'll touch on that. But then, and I was listening to the Nightfall podcast yesterday. Shout out to them uh, once again, and they were talking about the past, present, future of European Halo. And uh, there was a moment where they talked about Halo 5 bringing in all this new money and opportunity, which in European Halo wasn't really something that was available previously because it's a smaller scene. They weren't really yeah. playing for the money, I guess. And, and what it created was this like roster mania where people were like constantly switching and almost like pulling the rug out from each other, like jumping from team to team, so to speak, uh, trying to find the best possible spot. So I guess you're kind of caught in the middle of that. Yeah, well... I have my part to blame as well. Like I've had involvement behind the scenes of getting people dropped. So I've like spoken right. to people and like, yeah, maybe we should change our roster. Like things are working out. And like you uh, in season one, like when I was about to get dropped, I didn't miss like a couple of scrims because my sleep schedule. What a surprise, right? Um, I slept through a couple of scrims and my team were really pissed off at that and they could sort of drop me. But oh, I no. guess yeah. there was like no one else that could really replace me at the time. So I guess I got lucky. And that happened. Well, I didn't sleep through scrims in season two, but I know we got dropped as well, and that really pissed me off because I was confused. I was like, "Well, you've not really mentioned any of these issues that they brought up to me mm -hmm. as reasoning to me getting dropped." So I was like, "Well, people just told me we could have like worked on things." And that's like a problem of Europeans have is that they always like view dropping as like the first thing to come to mind. Right? Oh, we needed to make a change. We need to do this. We need to do right, that. Right. So working on the issues, like dropping, should be a last resort. Like that's how I see it now. Like if you've tried everything you can. And it still doesn't work. And yeah, you need to make a change. But I, yeah, I guess you just, just, just like want to make changes. Like people just are really quick on the gun and don't really think about it. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder if there should be like certain kind of like priority important like weights on things. Like like how do you decide whether or not somebody should be dropped? Like uh, is it like you said you missed you slept through some scrims or like how do you quantify like is it player skill? And if it's player skill, but what if they're like a, a great team player and communicator and yeah. they're they're you know what I mean? Like they're a great motivator. They help in all these other capacities. So how do you? It just seems like really complex. And then I, I guess the easy way out is to just be like, okay, let's make a I, switch. But I think best people just need to talk more. Stick. Yeah. Okay. Like, sorry for you. I think people just no, need to be like it. more open with their emotion, just talk, because I think people are just scared to talk in case like they upset someone. But at the end of the day, like you're going to upset people either way. So, like, just be the man and face the change head on, instead of just being shady and then like talking about it behind their back and then making a change based on that. You need to confront the issue with the person. Like, yeah. You can't just like lay, leave it on the lay side and then try and make a change. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand it can be a difficult 
you know, subject for sure. Uh, and I mean, even just expanding on that, the, the Nightfall podcast at one point had touched on the possibility, or, or sorry, touched on the topic of uh, hostility and toxicity within the competitive community. And this is something that you see in every esports title. But uh, do you feel that, like in the community in Europe, being smaller, more close knit, you get a little more toxicity sometimes? Um, have you had any issues with it personally? Um, I mean, once again, I'm at fault as well. Like, I've been a bit of a dickhead on occasion to teammates. Like, even, like, I remember one time, I think it was during season two, I got really pissed off at Flux, and I was just like, I can't remember exactly the context, but he told me to shut the fuck up during the game. So, yeah, like, I've been in, like, heated debates during game and stuff, and, like, I, I had, like, this early stigma, like, when I first got, like, introduced into the top-tier circle that I was toxic or, like, I moaned a lot, and, like, that is true to an extent, but I believe it was kind of over-exaggerated because I like I've seen people be toxic and mm. moan as well, and I just kind of you know adapted to my environment. I'm not just like putting all the blame on me, you know, coming up into the top scene and being toxic. Like it was my fault as well, but there was other influences. Like yeah, it's not just me. Like the environment was pretty toxic at the time, yeah. especially because of all the money. Like we've never seen that. Like well, the the scene in general, even though it's pretty new, hasn't seen that amount of money before ever. So. I think right. people are just like adapting to that, albeit right. in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be so difficult. And and keeping a cool head is one of the biggest things is how do you, and this makes me, I keep thinking of, um, uh, and now I even forget the, the guy's name, Blackbeard AP. I, it's funny that I keep calling out to Blackbeard, but he had talked about the mental positivity diet. Is just like when you get in those situations where you want to be negative, just trying to replace it with something yeah. positive and how that can help you out in so many situations. Not even just you, but the people around you too. You start just being more of a positive guy, and you 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 know you you generate more, uh, I guess, publicity. But you're more popular as a result, right? Yeah, uh, like you more. Yeah, um, but, but what, I, what I think, and I'm trying to figure out like where it kind of stems from, I, I think it's like in the European scene especially, there's just this strong, strong will to just gain this like worldwide level of recognition because it's something that hasn't really been achieved in Europe. So for, for U.S. players, it's like I want to be the best and I want to yeah. be just like snipe down. I want to be just like, who you know, like any other like amazing big player that's accomplished this incredible success. But when it comes to Europe, it's like I want to be that guy who's like snipe down in, in U.S. or I want to you know, I want to accomplish that that incredible or like Roy or whatever, but do it in Europe because it hasn't really happened in that same kind of way. And I mean, somebody like Jimbo comes to mind, who's still a pretty big individual. And and I mean, Jimbo yeah. and squad back in 2017, they got the biggest accomplishment for European Halo, which was top six mm. at uh, DreamHack Denver. But but nobody's kind of broken that that mold yet. So I think that's really where it comes from. Is it like th this just this incredible drive to succeed and go beyond and push those limits and be the first one to, uh, you know, to to be the best player? right coming out of europe and is that yeah. something like a goal for you as well yeah that's always a goal like i want to <clears throat> break into the top eight infinitely that's like my main goal at the moment like there's nothing wrong with having a goal like you know i want to be like a snake bite or a lethal but i feel like you need to take it in the steps so you need to accomplish one small goal at a time and i think breaking into top eight for myself is a next step and then once like if i do achieve that then i think you know what's next like what do i need to do and um talking about jimbo uh, like Going back to the roster changes, I've always felt yeah. awful for Jim because, like, you know, they got top six at Denver. And then I'm pretty sure it's happened straight after Denver as well. Like, they made a roster change where they dropped Jim. And I'm just like, obviously, I don't know the inside, like, politics. I don't know. Like, right. there's been, there was rumors about that team, like, not liking each other and, like, you know, not getting on. But, like, dude, you just placed top six. You just, like set a record like unprecedented record for europe and you're dropping yeah. like a star player on land like i just i just don't understand it personally and i and i know for a fact that's affected jim and his confidence i know for a fact that has like because mm. uh, it affected me like when i constantly got friends to be dropped i was like well what's the point of me playing like i've spoken to rich about it several times spoken to mark about it i was like you know i want to quit like i feel like yeah. i'm not respected i'm yeah. not like they don't want me as a part of the community like, i'm over it now but like I was really sensitive to it. I think I've, uh, it's helped me grow in like thick skin for sure, because you kind of need thick skin. I realized. Yeah, yeah. No, it's something that that a lot of European Halo players are saying is you do need thick skin. You need to be kind of a, a strong-willed yeah. player, and it's it's so much more than than even just Halo at that point, right? Like it's it's yeah. or yeah, like I. 
I, I just find it really interesting. Uh, European Halo players, it's, it's it's so not about the money. It's just they're playing the game that they love. They want to be the best at the game, and it's such a close knit community. And your best friends, your worst enemies, they're all they're all in that together. Yeah. So it it does sound really interesting. And I almost I do kind of want to pick Jimbo's brain on that. I'm not sure what I'd ever uh, accomplish. I don't know, you know, how how open he is on things like that. And hopefully one day he can come on HCS Weekly. But you're right, like the, the most dominant squad that we've ever had in European Halo, and they split up. Like, yeah, there's several times as well. Like, it's not just once. But Jimbo's right. always the scapegoat when it comes to team changes. Yeah. He's always the one. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I wonder. Like, it would have been really interesting to see if they could just, you know, go go strong forward and, and continue forward. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, looking back on things on your career in Halo 5, was there ever, like, like what was the highest point for you where you said, where you felt like you were in a squad that you felt like might stick together or you felt the most confident, most comfortable, just the best point in your competitive Halo career so far? All right, so that's a difficult question. Um, the best okay. point, like, placement-wise, was Fall Finals, which was, I think it was 2016 or was it 2017? I can't remember. I think it was 2016, near the end of 2016. Sure. Where, um, my team was me, Kimbo, Flux, and Doodle. And, yeah, we placed second out of four teams in the EU Fall Finals. Losing to Fabi both times, who were the dominant squad at the time. That mm -hmm. was Jimbo, respectful, Moe's. Uh, probably, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I wasn't infused for a while, but like, obviously I got friend about getting dropped like a couple of times. Mm -hmm. but it was pretty solid. Like I enjoyed it. Like, I would say especially on the fall team, it was a really good learning experience. Like I learned a lot from Robbie. Like I view Robbie as like a like a figurehead of the community. Like I think he's a really nice guy and like he knows the shit about Halo. Shout out to like, Robbie. I learned, I learned a lot from him. I really respect him. Um, I would say the team that was like most solid was probably dude, it was difficult because like in Europe, like teams just fall apart, man. I'm trying to think. Right. Like, I'd probably say I'd probably say but I kind of messed up a bit. Like coming back to like toxicity. I tried leaving that team for uh, Epsilon at the time. I tried to get Vex's drop, and I, I DM'd Quadio, which is like also one of my, my best friends in the scene. I was like, yo, you need to like drop Vex. Like I viewed myself at the time, because like my ego was so large. I was like, I'm better than him. Just drop him, and like our team will be sick. Like going into a G Finney Wembley. Right. And those, DM, those DMs got leaked on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, oh my, my, team, my team pulled me into a call and just like, we would drop you, but there's no one else. So I was just like, well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, so, guys. This is, this is becoming a bit of a confessional here, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so you're, you're seeing that uh, that Halo 5, you know, from beginning to now, it was a transition for your growth, I guess, as a human yeah, being here, yeah. as you've learned a lot. Yeah. And uh, and it seems like, yeah, you yourself had kind of succumbed to a lot of the toxicity. So you're saying today, a lot of those things you've cleaned up or you're trying to clean up. But yeah, what's your I, mindset I, today, like, uh, for all this stuff, like, uh, the, going forward? So like, on stream, like, I used to rage a lot as well, like back in the day. And I yeah. still do rage. Like if you watch my stream, like, sometimes I do get pissed off with my teammates because, you know, I'm like a high champion. So like whenever I play HCS and Halo 5, I get like lower plat, lower diamond players. And I so, right. so I always like see the decisions they're making. I'm just like, like what is going on? Like, why are you making these decisions, bro? <laughs> I know like, It feel. just doesn't make any sense. But obviously they're like playing the game casually. So like I'm trying to cut down the... Like, you have to understand from their context. Like, they may just be, like, maybe playing on, like, a fucking 40-inch TV for all I know. You know what I mean? So, like, I should, like, respect yeah. my team a bit more. And I've been trying to work on it. Because, like, every time I rage on stream, I, like, sit there in my bed and I just think, wow, I've been, like, a dickhead live in front of people. But some people enjoy it. Like, some people love it when I rage. But, like, I'm trying to cut it down personally and just try and, like, make it more positive vibes. Especially since I'm trying to go for uh, grassroots and, you know, eventually the Twitch partnership, which is, like, the main goal of mine that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Is, has there ever been a point? One thing I'm actually thinking about it, this kind of breaking off, but just the, the fact that, the, you know, rosters are constantly switching, constantly switching. But one thing that always seems to kind of stay prominent is the teams that have duos in them. Like if you think of like Trippy and Say and Roy and Lunchbox, all these guys, like they manage to kind of hold strong because they have that other, I almost said like significant other, but they have another <laughs> player that, that they're playing with that they're kind of, you know, like yeah. they, they can kind of play off of, that they're competing with subtly. I think that's a good way to kind of ensure that there's more consistency maybe is there ever been a, like a possibility of like a duo or is that something that maybe you're actively searching for <laughs> it sounds kind of uh, I, I could i could name a player yeah i think of it's uh, easily be quad um kieran yeah 
are him or Robbie. Uh, I don't know. They're Robbie. He's like one of the main reasons I got dropped. No, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing Robbie on the bus. But no, I would say Kieran or Robbie. But I'm leaning towards Kieran. Yeah. So I mean, with everything kind of all settled now and the switch over to Halo Three, what's your mindset looking at right now? Like, is are you playing Halo Three? Are you going to compete in Halo Three? I, I tried playing Halo 3, man, but dude, MCC Europe sucks. Like, no offense, but like, oh my god, every game is like, 90% of the games are laggy. Like, they're above 150 ping. Because, like, I can deal with East Coast. Like, East Coast isn't that bad. Like, it depends on, like, where the East Coast server is. Mm-hmm. But like, I can deal with it. It's, like, it's noticeable, but my shots still count if they're not behind a wall. But, like, oh my god, yeah, like, most of the games, I'm just like, I'm on a team of like these Americans. I'm just like, I'm a dead weight. Like, I'm just going like neg five because my bullets don't come across the map. Like, I literally have to like kiss the enemy team to kill them. And even then, they'll just beat me down and my beat them won't come out. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm a, it's just really frustrating. Like, I want to love the game and enjoy it. But like, because I'm like a big classic little guy. Like, I enjoy no sprint and like no advanced movement. But I feel, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite playing Halo 5. But the only reason I'm playing it is because it's more functional, in my opinion, as a game. And it's a lot more enjoyable to stream. It's easier to stream than playing Halo 5. I feel like Halo, 5, uh, Halo 3 even is like a mental gauntlet, which uh-huh. is good for my mental game. It's good for like teaching myself how not to tilt. But dude, it's just like, it's like I'm a glutton for punishment or something when I'm playing that game. Like, it's just, oh. I watched like Snipe them play, and it's this beautiful connection. But this game looks yeah. so fun. And I get yeah. on and my Snipe bullet doesn't count. I'm just like, oh, all right, safe. Like, excellent video game here. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because uh, even you know these American players they they complain about the connection too. I mean, it's never yeah, perfect oh, yeah. for anybody. Yeah. They, they all they all have their their fair share. Of I've a, I've yeah. played on uh, West East Coast and Halo Five, and yeah, there is a noticeable difference. But yeah, sure. it's like insane. I, I feel bad for the Australians as well, man. Like imagine being an Australian right. playing Halo. Like, that's just messed up. <laughs> I can't like, even they, imagine. Yeah. God. So so that's the thing, like, that's a whole other topic, but, you know, connection's always been one of those things that have, have kind of hindered the, the possibility of success of European players, is that you're always kind of gimped by connection, you can't get the true scrim practice that, that you yeah. would get over online. I don't even know how to uh, to kind of talk on that on that topic. Really, the biggest thing is just what can they do with Infinite to clean that up in the best possible way so that you, like you said, Halo 5 is still a smoother experience online with the servers and stuff. It still like works even though there's issues and we played together and it still yeah. you know, it still works. So hopefully they can just tighten it up even more and we can have yeah. something more competitive because I think that's going to be the biggest thing going onwards into the future is, is finding a way uh, on an international level for us to all be able to play and compete with each other without game-breaking inconsistencies and connection. Mm-hmm. If we can do that and I think the entire European scene, Australian scene, all these teams I, level up like incredibly. I think there needs to be like a LAN league or something. Like, look at Call of Duty, you know, they like bypass the whole connection issue. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Call of Duty is like a huge franchise compared to Halo, but like, of course. it's if they, if, in my opinion, if we really want to take things really serious and they want to get their regions involved, then a LAN league would be excellent. I, think I wonder how. Uh, I wonder how they would uh, do something like that. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not the person to speak to about that, but like, just yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think it would be best bet. Um, I, I, I mean, free for fear of listening, man. So who knows? Like, I honestly think I, I have a lot of like positive hope that whatever they do, they, they've learned. Like, whatever they do, will be the right decision because they're yeah. listening for infinite. They need to listen because this game cannot be a dud and like viewership wise or anything. It needs to like hit a home run. Like, it's, yeah probably going to come out next year so that's five years like we, we made a good game dude it's been five years nearly you yeah know what i mean yeah I, I mean with all the conversations that i've been having with everybody in all these episodes hcs weekly i think that that listening is really the primary thing going forward that is the innovation is just yeah. the, the listening and the communication back and forth and it does seem like they're taking a lot of initiatives a lot of strides forward to to make that happen make that happen yeah. so so hopefully that's that's what happens going onwards um and i'm thinking like I remember when Halo 5 launched, it had the most prize pool money in any console eSport title. Like, it beat out Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, it's Microsoft running the ship here. The money is there. Maybe, I'm wondering if maybe they channel some of the prize pool money, like, out of the prize pool and more into the infrastructure of things, like, so that they're flying the players into the, the land center yeah. or whatever it is so that you get these constant kind of land events. Or I, it, It's just tough, even the flying. Like, you guys, the hours and the, oh, the jet yeah. lag. Like that'll <laughs> screw you over too. Imagine if that's like a weekly basis. You got to fly it every week. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, I think one thing they could do as well is like I remember with the first worlds they had the crowdfunding rec pack or whatever. 
And I thought that was a really cool idea because it boosted the prize pool up to like yes. two million. Yes, and I, I was sure. really surprised they never did that again because it was like a hit. They generated over a million revenue, maybe more. I, so yeah, yeah. I I think they continued trying it a bit, and I know they had the weapon skins that came out, and then some of the the money that you purchased the, the weapon skin would go you know towards the prize pool. Um, but yeah, definitely something that they they need to continue doing going forward. And I'm sure I'm sure they'll have initiatives like that, and other yeah. esports titles do it. So you know, it's just drawing from like like Dota does it all the time, and they have these massive yeah. massive prize pools. That's why I was thinking of when I thought of it. I was like, yeah, Dota does it really well. Yeah, crowdfunding is is a huge thing. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to highlight uh, as far as the the European scene is is HCS London last year, which is probably one of the the biggest highlights for a, an event in London, specifically because you had the North American like uh, teams come over to London. So playing on London soil is something we hadn't seen before. Another big thing about it, and this is just shout outs to Gfinity, was the amazing content that they produced. This yeah. is something that was like, it was like unprecedented for Halo, just the 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 creativity and the production value of some of this content. They had like interviews just like on the street, kind of like, you know, like Snakebite and Royal 2, just sitting in a park, hanging out, <laughs> or like the Hot Wings, Hot Ones style yeah. interview. Like these are really great initiatives that that bring out personality and, and really get you connected with the players and their stories. And I think these are really great ways to build a community. So I, I love the initiative there. And you were at HCS London. So tell me, how was the experience? Dude, Mark, also known as Onset, the team absolutely killed at that event. Like yeah. every time every time you go to a GFINI event, you're treated like a true professional. I'm not saying you're not treated like a true professional at MLG events. Like, sure. to, for Europeans, like that experience is like so rare because we always have to fly over to get able to MLG events. So like having one that's like close to home is just it was just surreal. Um we have my team plays top 16 that event which and like i've teamed with some people who uh it was their first LAN, funnily enough so like oh wow think about think about to like how my first LAN went i thought like they were gonna have jitters and stuff and yeah. they kind of they kind of did but they have like they had like different jitters where they just didn't call out and like when they did call out they would stutter because like they're thinking so much on the gameplay yeah yeah what they're yeah. doing like they just didn't know the call but like, it was just a, a transition progress uh like uh more games we played um the easier it became really it was like similar to my situation where the more games i played i just became accustomed to how everything like ran and felt yeah right. i have i have no complaints like gfin a have like they put themselves on the throne if you get what i mean they're like the number yeah. one european halo uh you know event runner what was yeah. the word i'm trying to think of here there's a big word i'm trying to think of I, don't, I was just gonna say uh, that the shining star is representing the European <laughs> scene right now. <laughs> My mind just went blank. Oh, uh, tournament organizers—that's that's the word. Jesus. There yeah, they—they absolutely. Yeah, they're just incredible. Uh, I love Mark Davids as well. He's like another uh, figure who's always like pushed me on and tried absolutely. to make me play at my best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of amazing personalities. So much talent in Europe. Yeah. So I, I think like. It just hopefully in the years that come with the next title and just cleaning up things with with connection and consistencies and stuff like that and just allowing them to have more opportunity to compete at the yeah. highest level of play you're going to see them level up too and and I, I just yeah i think that there's so much potential there and it's going to be really exciting to see and and i love that fact that there is just that that deep deep just competitive like will to be the best and to to you know to prove something i think that's going to be so hype when we can see a european team come out and you know accomplish past top six get into grand finals yeah. of a massive tournament and then it becomes like an international struggle right and, like the, the yeah. just the bigger kind of uh narrative builds around that and that becomes so exciting for halo so so i really really uh am looking forward to seeing what the possibilities are there and hopefully you know microsoft 343 they capitalize on it i mean microsoft as a company has more servers than like any other freaking company in the world right now right so yeah. uh so i'm really hoping that uh you know the sky's the limit with stuff like this right? i think uh i think <clears throat> if europeans like change their like psychology on like how team changes work and like they try to work on things a bit more and if we get more opportunities then yeah it's definitely possible like top six is just like you know we're just touching the sky i think if we really do believe in ourselves and we cut like, a lot of the toxicity maybe a bit more positive toward each other and yeah like like we need to like view Europeans as like brothers, like we're like the band of brothers. We need to all we need to like push each other on because like sometimes yeah. like I, I've been guilty of this as well where I'm like off, oh, like screw that team, like they're my competition. But like you should always like if they're a European team, you should support them. Like it doesn't matter if you've had beef in the past. Like everyone's just trying to be the best and trying to improve the right level of European Halo. That's what we care about at the end of the day. So yeah, like that's my mindset now. I just support like whoever's playing. Like, I don't care like, who it is. 
I, I love that mindset. I think you got the right one, man. I, I It's great to Thank hear you. that that's something that's transitioned out from 2016 to now. <laughs> so that there's been there's been a growth, man. And I, I think that not only you and not only Europe, but the entire Halo scene is starting to make that growth, that, that kind yeah. of change in maturity. Just the way that we approach issues with the community, too, and the way we voice our opinions. And you still see toxicity and things, but of course. I think it is cleaning up. I think it is that's, improving, and it's going to be so important in the future. So that's all, Toxicity is always going to exist. We just can't focus right. on it. We need to focus on the positive influencers that right. we have. And we have so many of them. Like don't focus on the you know, the the dark spots of the community. Like focus on the bright spots. Like focus on your VOs, your nadids, yes. your action mans. You know what yeah. I mean? The whole grassroots community, you're calling them out right there. Yeah. So perfect. Um so so what can we expect to see from you uh between now and infinite? You're just gonna be grinding Halo five. What what you been up to on uh, so yeah, my main ambition at the moment is streaming because, like I said, MCC is a uh, uh, not only even if MCC was like really good in Europe, like I'm so far behind Halo Three wise. Like people who are playing in Europe and playing for like decade now, like they've been competing for a while in Halo Three. Like a lot of them, their first game was Halo Three competing. So like I feel like I've got a lot to learn. Like if I were to compete, so like, I'm just like I'd rather focus on growing my brand. So that like, when Infinite comes out, I can hit the ground running. If you get what I mean, and like really yeah. maximize my growth. So yeah. just play. It's like a similar boat was saying. Like I don't, I don't really see the money there as well. There's not really going to be a whole lot of like opportunities for me to compete at a high level for money in Europe. Like I don't think there's going to be a lot of events. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, just rather focus on the streaming, play Halo Five. I still will play MCC, but yeah, you will definitely see me get pissed off when I play MCC. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I love it, man. I think that's, uh, that's a good mindset to have. I think a lot of people are focusing on themselves, building their brand, building them skill, their skills, and and readying themselves for for the the future here, and trying to, to have the best possible platform to jump off of. Yeah. And I, I know you're grinding regularly, man. We're gonna be grinding together as well. Yeah, that sure that, we'll play, that PlayStation we had was so funny, dude. Like, <laughs> I cannot emphasize how like I was dying. Like I had tears yeah. in my eyes, and I was still fiving people. I'm just like, how is this possible? That's the best. <laughs> I can't even see. It was like I had a flashbang in my eye. Yeah, yeah. If you guys don't know, uh, Batchford and I, uh, <laughs> I, I attempted to live commentate cast basically over myself while I played at the same time, and I think this is a really great. Th- I'm gonna try it with all pro players that I play with basically and try to build up the entertainment value of their gameplay while I'm playing at the same time and just make things exciting. So so yeah, Batchford would like hit a nice five, be like beautiful shots from Batchford. He'll move on to the next target at top catwalk. Anyway, you guys get the point here. Uh, Batchford, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can we find thank you? Thank you, Robin, mate. Uh, uh, so Twitch.tv is Batchford, just my regular username, and on Twitter is Batchford underscore. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you once again, and uh, hope to see you on on the grind, dude. And you too, man. Sounds Thanks good. Thanks for having me. No problem. That'll close out our episode once again for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us on HCS Weekly. And of course, remember, you can also purchase our merch. Nick, throw up the merch. There you go. Our awesome, lovely HCS Weekly merch. Remember, if you purchase the merch here, it not only supports the show, it supports me as well. And of course, I would highly appreciate that, guys. That will officially close out the episode for today, episode 20 of HCS Weekly. We got a lot of big things to come with this show and a lot of really cool announcements that I can't talk about just yet, but will be announced very soon. So stay tuned, guys. Got so I got some exciting things coming up. Anyway, let's close the show here. Have a good night. I'll see you guys next week.